Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Bezit Shem BPJ number 81, that's Bais Panimi, joint share, share number 81. We're discussing the mitzvah of Aina, that's primarily on the husband. However, the Rajba Nidarim, Daf Tesvavamabes, does say that although she's technically not subject to the mitzvah of Aina, the wife, she's still formally obligated to him, and a woman must not refrain from going to the mikvah. That's the Gemara Yerushalmi, Nida Dav Zayin Abbeis, and the Beis Yisit to the Torah in Yeridea, uh, 197, says that it's it's a sin for a woman to delay immersing in the mikvah in order to afflict her husband. So, as much as we said in the prior shir, that the primary chi of Aina is on the husband to provide this for the wife, it's really in the Torah Hashkafa, a two-way street, and they need to provide for each other what they need in a healthy, loving way. So we've said in the last year one reason why the Torah put the Chiyav on the husband, and that's because the husband by nature is not embarrassed to approach his wife about these things, while by a woman it is difficult to do so. So the Torah placed the Chiyav on the husband. Another reason why the Chiyiv is primarily on the husband, the Chiyivaina, for his wife, is because men and women differ in how they derive pleasure during intimacy. So men are disposed to find the greatest pleasure in the physical intimacy and the actual sexual intercourse. A man can become sexually aroused in a minute, in an instant, be ready for intercourse without any preliminaries, Without any preparations, he generally does not need foreplay or very little of it. And when the intercourse is complete, he can just as quickly lose all his sexual desire. And even if he's capable of having a second or third or fourth erection, but this space in between, the sexual desire is lessened till ultimately it's it disappears. It's non-existent almost. That's how a man's body functions. A woman is totally different. She too derives enjoyment from the physical experience, but her primary enjoyment is the emotional intimacy that she shares with her husband. The Chazaynish writes this in a letter. He says a woman's nature is to derive pleasure from the way her husband cherishes her, and therefore it's incumbent upon her, the husband to show her love, to show her closeness, through abundance of conversation and gratification, that is what the Chazaynish says. Emotional needs are extremely important. And without the emotional intimacy, most women, their physical experience is not optimal. So whereas a man does not necessarily need the emotional buildup, which is the essential feature of foreplay, a woman does generally. She needs that foreplay. And the emotional and physical dimensions of intimacy is linked primarily to for a woman. So when a husband satisfies his wife's emotional needs, then the physical consummation of it will follow inevitably. And by a woman, it goes slow, slow and steady, climbing up an emotional mountain before she reaches the summit to fully desire the physical consummation of of intimacy. And also when physical intimacy ends by a man, once it's done, his interest decreases tremendously, while by a woman, it's a slow descent 
because that heightened excitement is there for a while and it slows down more gradually. So if intercourse occurs before she's ready, then for her, she feels used or resentful. It's not a pleasurable experience for her. And if a husband, if his needs are satisfied and he just simply turns away from his wife and neglects to bring her gently and lovingly down that mountain, then it fills her with a certain uncomfortableness and even resentment. In other words, the foreplay is key and also afterwards also. And this is not always easy for a man because once he did what he did, he gets very tired and his sexual interest decreases to a great degree while she's still on a high and she needs to continue to be um, treated sexually and providing pleasure for her even after he is quote-unquote done. And that's something he needs to learn and that is really where the mitzvah really lies. The Gemara talks about this manner of the husband that has to be a certain maturity when he interacts with his wife sexually. The Ramey used to say, that whoever marries his daughter to a Ama'aretz, in those days really like a grub a person, a coarse person, it's like you threw her to a lion that tears the prey and devours with no shame. Same thing, this coarse person will strike and, and cohabit with no shame like an animal. And the Rabbeinu Tam in Tysis there says, just like a lion tears and eats and does not wait for its prey to die, so too this coarse husband will not wait until she's gratified. She'll, he'll just do his thing, whether she's satisfied or not satisfied, he doesn't care. And that is really negative. We did the shiurim on the letters of, of the stipler. I'm just going to mention very briefly what he says. Apidin taira asalasa it is forbidden by Tyra law to be intimate in such a way that she will not be pleased. He has to gratify her. With closeness. Kissing and hugging. Until she desires to consummate that intimacy. Because otherwise, it's like what we just mentioned. It's like she, you tied her up and threw her to a lion that tears and devours. Like it says in Psachim Dafmim Tes, which we just quoted. And it is a criminal sin to do this, which causes anguish to his wife. If a man grabs her and has intercourse with his wife immediately, without any closeness, and his needs are satisfied, and then he separates immediately after that, and distance himself from her. The husband mistakenly thinks that through this practice he ascends to great spiritual heights. By the way, that's how you have to be so careful. There is a Tana that it says it's Pirish. He went in quickly and it was Pirish, but he, it's an exception to the rule. The stipler says here, that's not the way we conduct ourselves. His desires were no way diminished. His drive is satisfied. He released when he needed to release. But his wife, she's not receiving any pleasure. From this type of behavior where you pounce on her when she's not ready. 
she is hurt, and ashamed, and she cries in secrecy, and her tears don't go unanswered, because the cakes of tears are never locked. This is something no one talks about. But people think, with a nos ishtoi, they think, okay, you screamed at your wife, you yelled at her, you physically abused her, emotionally abused her, all these terrible things. But withholding the intimacy in the way a wife really needs it, she also cries. That's also a nos ishtoi. And people seem to not recognize that part of a nos ishtoi, which is very serious. The Torah does not want exploitation or resentment or frustration or rage, and that's why the Chi of Aina is on the husband to go against his nature, to hold back his taiva, to slowly, gently, and lovingly escort his wife up the mountain, so to speak, and to be emotionally intimate with her long before intercourse and long after intercourse until she goes all the way down, which means you hold her, you cuddle her, do everything you can to give her pleasure after you did what you needed to do as a husband. Quickly, I'm just going to mention, Ramosha said that if your husband's afraid that he'll be mighty Zerah Levatala early, then he says to talk it over with his wife and enter her quickly and release the Zerah, so there's no Zerah Levatala, and then do the foreplay now. You know, and now you start the foreplay, and now you're able to do it. And, you know, so that's, that's our Moshe. We'll talk about it at a different time, but the idea is, is to really work on these things. You'll learn from a rooster that coaxes and, and, and talks with, you know, like communicates and then mates. And we could have learned Derech Eretz from a Tarnagoyal. That's Matthias first, and then is Bayel. That coaxes and that, you know, in their rooster language uh, communicates and then mates and that is the idea and the morale brings down in the Sivas Hatznias, the Sivas the end of chapter 1 that his love for her is like spreading wings over her similar to the Rus terminology spreading wings over her just like a chicken spreads her her wings over her chicks. And the Menari Samar says he should draw her heart with seductive, graceful words of love and desire until he binds her thoughts to his and she desires to have intercourse. And the Mesak Aliyazah brings down that also after intercourse he should continue, meaning she, he stays with her. She wants to be held and continue to be with her. You continue to be with her. Fight that tiredness. And you continue to chat lightly and lovingly with her, so she should not think that his whole intent in speaking this way earlier was just for the sake of his own pleasure. To counter that mistaken notion, he continues to gratify her even after intercourse. Being after he's fully satisfied, he needs to do everything he can to give her, continue to give her sexual pleasure as much as possible. And the stipula continues. When he tries to make her happy during intimacy and before and after, there's nothing improper here. It's only a mitzvah. And you're required to do so according to Torah law. So again, these two reasons are the reasons why primarily 
is on the husband, not on the wife. Number one, the husband is easily and without reservation could express his desire for intimacy to his wife. Wife tends to be more reserved and modest, won't. So to ensure that her needs are not forgotten, the Torah says the formal obligations on the husband to be alert on any indication that she desires intimacy and to provide that intimacy. And number two, the husband does not tend to need the same emotional preparation for intimacy as his wife does. And the mitzvah of Aina, with its elements like loving words, hugging, kissing, physical closeness, ensures that the husband will create an atmosphere that will satisfy his wife's emotional and physical needs. And that is the idea. He gladdens her with intimacy, and he sees she desires it. We're not going to go through the sugis in the Gemara Saita, but the woman prefers less prosperity financially as long as it's accompanied with a certain intimacy. And that's a very important thing. They desire closeness. There's so many wealthy people. I did interviews or heard interviews of wives of husbands that they are wealthy and they are in terrible pain because they lack that intimacy that they crave from their husbands, even though they have all the money in the world. This is written down in Berches HaNetziv on the Mechilta, the Rav Yishmol and Mishpatim, that the Svara dictates that a husband is obligated to provide his wife with intimacy, and due to the fact that she has a husband, she cannot obtain this intimacy anywhere else. Therefore, if he withholds intimacy from his wife, he's stealing the pleasure that is rightfully hers for she is not his captive, such as she can, he can withhold his, her, pleasure from, his ple, her pleasure from her. He has to give it to her. The Neidu Yehuda in Arachayim, Chelek Aleph Simen says that he is not allowed to steal his wife's Aina. If she needs it, then the husband must provide it, and if he does not provide it, he is stealing from her. That's the way the Allah views it. So, their ingredients to create that element of intimacy that are generally pleasing to a wife, to a woman. Number one is Ritzei Devarim. Light, easy, loving conversations. To please her, to increase her desire for intimacy, is to talk to her in a healthy, light-fashioned way. It says, Rav chatted lightly and joked with his wife before having intimacy. That's in Brach HaSamach Beis. Desire brings down that one who is intimate with his wife needs to gratify her and please her with words so that she is not unimportant to him. And if he does not do this, then he should not be with her. All this is in order that their wills should be as one without any mental coercion. And it's not appropriate for a husband to approach his wife without pleasing, gratifying words. By the way, when it says light and easy words, it doesn't mean coarse words, it doesn't mean foolish words, it doesn't mean obscene words but tastefully chosen, but it could be erotic, it could be triggering. Here's where it's supposed to be triggering, but not in a coarse way. During intimacy, that needs to be expressed physically, verbally. You're above everyone else. You're above everything else. The Derech Pikudecha, which is from the Bnei Yisachar, Bnei Yisachar, Mitzvah Sasei Aleph, it seems from the Zoyar, which we just quoted in a couple of other desires, that it's a chiv to speak to his wife with words of love so that the desires should be as one. And there's a chiv to delight her with words. Derech pikudecha, the Bnei Yisachar, Mitzvah Aleph. 
there is a mitzvah to delight her with words. The Ramban says you should create an atmosphere to speak to her in a manner that draws her heart after you, gratifying her, making her happy, binding her thoughts to his thoughts. It is fitting to say some things that will arouse her and generate love and desire, and well, that will inspire her. And after intercourse, to continue to talk to her, like we just said. The next thing after Ritzoy is Chibok Venishuk, hugging and kissing. And the stipple again says, Hugging and kissing and other aspects of intimacy. Kissing the breasts when she wants it, fondling it when she wants it, all of these things are a chalik of mitzvah. Kirabasar, that's physical closeness, unclothed, under one cover. Not like the Persians who have intercourse when they're clothed. And the Ritva says something in Ksubis, it's fascinating, Memches, that even if he does this out of the desire to be modest, he's not allowed to do it. Because this is not the loving and affectionate way of being intimate. The Ramban on Shmais also says, like we talked about, the Sheikh Susavai Nasa is going all on emotional and physical intimacy. So they should be covered, but no clothing between them. And he goes through a piece which we're not going to get into here. It's a painful aspect of it about the pain of rejection in Aina. This could go both ways. A husband could deeply hurt his wife by rejecting her sexually. And the other way around, too, the wife could deeply hurt her husband by rejecting him sexually. It's a very sensitive area in life. And therefore, the husband should focus solely on satisfying his wife, giving her as much pleasure, love, and loyalty and security as possible. And while a woman is not obligated in the midst of Aina, but usually Kamayim Ponim al Ponim shall reciprocate, and she really has a chiv to reciprocate. And a wife also needs to be busy trying her best to give the maximum love and pleasure to her husband. Each giving to each other. And that is the Taira system. Barasi Yetzahara, Barasi Taiva Tavlin. Taira is the spice to the Yetzahara, to channel it in the most healthy ways possible. Brachat and Atzlacha to all.